0: everybody, let's get up on your feet and give a big Sydney welcome to Sophie Aldred. Hello. So great to
1: be here. That might help. (laughs) So lovely to be here and see you all. Thank you for that lovely uh, welcome.
0: Yeah, great to have you here. So welcome to uh, Sydney. Now, where have you been? You've come from where so far?
1: Oh gosh, where haven't I been? Um, Well, we started off on the Gold Coast, um, which is lovely because it was all nice and hot. And then we went to Wellington and then Christchurch and then... Last weekend, we did crazy. We did Adelaide on the Saturday, Melbourne on the Sunday. And then, here I am now. It was funny. Watching that, I just thought, gosh, how the heck did I get away with doing all those things? Health and safety. (laughs) It wasn't as sort of stringent as it is now. Hilarious.
0: Brilliant. Now, let's uh, start with the most recent. you just finished, well... Almost a year ago now, The Power of the Doctor. Um, How did you get the call to come back? What happened?
1: Oh, well, it was ah, just minding my own business. Um, In my house, one day, I get a call. It's my agent. And she says, oh, uh, Sophie, Andy Pryor, the casting director for Doctor Who, has just been on the phone uh, checking for your availability. And we all know what that means. And I finished that call and I just burst into tears. It was something I think I'd been waiting for all these years without even realizing that I, that I had, you know? Um, and my husband said, what's the matter? And I said, Andy Price has been on the phone and he's just asked for my availability and we all know what that means. <laughs> So then the next thing was that I had a Zoom call with Chris Chibnall and we'd been meaning to do that for some time and we'd been meaning to meet up. But anyway, the very first thing he said was, um, would you do me the great honour of being in the centenary episode of Doctor Who? And I said, wild horses wouldn't stop me from being in that episode. And we chatted um, and he said, what do you think Ace would be like now? And I said, well, I think she'd probably be like she is in the um, season 26 trailer, the box set, the Blu-ray box set, which I had absolutely loved. I mean, that for me was, that was kind of almost the beginning of, uh, of Ace now, I think, for me. And... Um, Sorry, am I going on a bit? Oh. No, no, that's fine. Oh, good. <laughs> so is she going on
0: too much? No, it's fine. I, I, I will cut in. <coughs> anyway.
1: Yeah, because um, that happened what with...
0: You, how do you say, because you wrote a novel, um, which <laughs> yeah. is which was excellent, and actually I was pr- surprised because the first half of the novel was just ace, well done, um, before you actually got to the Doctor. Yeah, that, I but, got
1: away with that one, didn't yeah, I? We'll
0: mention who the Doctor is, because there, there might be a quiz question about it later on. Um, but in terms of the... Characterisation of the DVD and your novel—that was basically the same, similar person—and then the person who appeared in *Power of the Doctor*. So, had Chris read your novel, or, was, or did you just point out things that had happened in it?
1: Yeah, he had read it because he had to, because it was uh, it, it was BBC authorised, so he had to actually say, "Yeah, this is okay." Um, and the way that that it—the way it really first started with Pete McTighe, Um I don't know if you've met pete he spends a lot of his time in sydney um his husband lives in sydney he spends half his year in in the uk half his year here he he was showrunner for wentworth for mm. for many years lovely lovely guy anyway pete a huge doctor who fan and uh, turns out that ace was his favorite character so it's nice for me um so anyway oh he wrote kablam and um Uh, and another one as well. I can't remember which of the other ones he wrote. Anyway, um, I got this email from him, kind of out of the blue, um, I think prompted by Gary Russell, probably, Um, and he said, "Um, I've written this... um, I'm Pete McTie, I do the trailers for the Blu-ray box sets. We're doing... uh, Season 26 is next, and I'd like to do this as a trailer. Tell me what you think of the script if there's stuff you want to change that's absolutely fine but just let me know. So I opened this attachment and I read it through and again just burst into tears. There's a theme here, isn't there? But I I just felt that he'd captured exactly what Ace would have been like as a middle-aged woman. Uh you know, there she is. She's come back from these extraordinary adventures with the Doctor whatever happened and life has never been quite the same again and I thought I thought that was captured very nicely in the Companions Assemble scene at the end of The Power of the Doctor that there is this, this bizarre life that these companions have led and then they go back to Earth many of them and oh my goodness, you know, they've got to fit into society somehow. And uh, that's going to be a bit strange. Um, so I felt that the way that he'd written this monologue, this voiceover for Ace, was just captured that feeling. Um, and I said to Chris, I thought that that was really the key, that she's this CEO of this um, this a charitable earth, this big company. And we know that because... That's what Russell Russell T Davis had written in the Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, but what's she really like? You know what she? Ha, how's she really fitted into society? Has she? Yes, she's got plenty of money. Yes, she's. Got, we know that doesn't make you happy. Yes, she's ha, had relationships, and they've not been perhaps brilliantly successful because, again, you know she's kind of finding her way back into the world. So, yeah, I, I, I really loved that idea.
0: I think as Doctor Who fans, we love the Companions, and they're designed for us to connect with, because, you know, the Doctor's supposed to be too hard to connect with. They've given us our connection point. And people talk about Ace being the first modern companion, before the modern series started, in terms of she had a story arc, she had history. Most companions, we love the Sarah Jane Smiths, but we really know, know, she was a journalist, but it really had no effect much on the old story. But we don't know family particularly. But with Ace, we found out about mothers, grandmothers. We had a storyline. That continued now with The Power of the Doctor. Um, Why do you think the character of Ace is so effective, and what would you like to see happen when she comes back later?
1: Well, yeah, that would be nice. Um, he keeps trying to trick me here. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think that you're absolutely right. I think that the reason for all of that was probably Andrew Cartmel, the script editor. Andrew had come in. He wasn't, um, he wasn't a Doctor Who fan. He'd grown up in um, Canada. And he, they hadn't really shown... That he'd, he'd missed the whole of Doctor Who. So he was coming at it completely newly. Um, he also was young. You know, he's only a few years older than me. Um, and he was very interested in popular culture. He loved... He'd come from a kind of comic book culture. He'd come from um, a world of... Um, I guess, you know, that Marvel DC um, world and independent literature as well, um, sci-fi. So he had this different way of looking at Doctor Who. And so he thought, well, I think, you know, Ace should be a fully rounded character. um, Somebody that, which nobody had ever done before. If you look at TV at the time... Um, British TV, there wasn't really another character like Ace. It, it sort of... I, I have to sort of pinch myself sometimes because I think, oh, yeah, but there was... No, there wasn't. There wasn't Buffy the vampire. There wasn't a, a strong, identifiable young female role. There'd been movies like um, Cathy Come Home, gritty reality sort of kitchen sink drama-type movies... But there wasn't, especially on children's TV or what was sort of like family TV, Um, EastEnders was just starting and there were kind of realistic characters on on that. But there wasn't anything, anyone like like Ace. And I think um, that is yeah, so it really was down to Andrew and the the writers. And I think Andrew got really enthusiastic um, and infused the the the, uh, the other writers, with this idea that um, Ace could be a real a realistic character,
0: do you think Ace would have worked against any other doctor actor partly because part of it was Sylvester was prepared to step back, be behind the scenes, manipulating, and allow you to, to step forward so do you think how, how much do you think Sylvester had an influence in terms of Ace being the character she was
1: oh again, very much. I mean I was very lucky that he Uh, wasn't an actor with an ego who thought that he should be front and centre all the time. He very sensibly realised that sometimes to step back actually makes you a kind of a a, a more powerful character on the screen. Um, And he had this idea, yeah, he'd had this idea with Andrew that he, after the first season where he was finding his feet Um, quite literally because he kept falling over a lot didn't he Uh, yeah he so for the first story um, he'd be the first to tell you that time in the Rani wasn't it wasn't written for him it wasn't written for any doctor they didn't know basically Um, Andrew hated the story as well Uh, he'd be the first to tell you that too and if you look at it it's this sort of like you know, what the heck is going on in this with this Doctor? You know, nobody quite... He didn't quite know how to play it. <clears throat> then he began to kind of, OK, right, fi- begin to find his feet, as all the Doctors do, I think, you know, if you look back. Um, and then he he had this idea that the Doctor was going to be a kind of darker character. And then in the second season, you you see him... You know, he's got his darker jacket, for example, um, and he wanted to be more of a kind of like um, Deus Ex Machina character, where he's pulling some strings. And then in *Silver Nemesis*, you know, he—you he, have the, uh, the the Lady Painfort saying, you know, hinting at, oh, who is this? We, it, not a time lord? What? You know, this is a bit weird. And then. Uh, and then Ace says, you know, who are you? And he kind of doesn't answer her. So we w- it's this idea that's brought in very much by Andrew and Sylvester, that there's something more going on. Mm-hmm. And of course, for me and for, for Ace, it worked work really well because then you get this idea that Ace is... The Doctor is taking Ace. In fact, um, I remember when it first happened was that we were in the schoolroom in Remembrance of the Daleks and Sylvester and I were just kind of in between takes we were kind of standing by the window looking out the window and um Sylvester said he said what do you think he said do you think that it would be a good idea if um if the doctor was taking ace around the universe and showing her all her fears and you know, and she was, I said, yeah, that sounds great, yeah, it's really good, he says, sort of a bit like a teacher, a bit like this, a bit like that, I said, I said, yeah, that sounds great, what I didn't realise, that he was very cleverly going, um, you know, all those lines that the doctor gets, like, uh, everybody, you know, oh, well, this is a pangolastic gargle blaster, it's not really, but you know, you know what I mean, mix my metaphors, um, it's uh, they get they get all this kind of gobbledygook. Of course, the clever old Sylvester he realised that if he said, "Ah, is what's this?" then I would have to learn all these really complicated lines. So yeah, thank you very much. But I mean, it, it it worked perfectly. It was it was a really great pairing.
0: You were young. You had the capacity to keep learning.
1: Yeah, gosh. By the end of the, by the end, I couldn't remember anything. But at the In fact, in Dragonfire, I remember, I've still got it somewhere, I had this little notebook and I'd come from the world of theatre. I'd never done any TV before, so I was having to learn at a rate of knots. I was 24 though, so it was all still quite fresh in there. Um, (coughs) And I had, um, I've got this book of all the exits and the entrances, all kind of different colours and lines and things like that Um, and other people's lines you know my cues were all in this little notebook that I wrote down so I knew exactly what everybody else was doing as well Um, and which was very helpful because Sylvester would kind of not know and uh, so he'd say you know what's my line what you? you know so i not only knew all my lines i knew everybody else's lines i knew all the cues i knew where the cameras were going to be i knew all that by the end when we did ghost Light, i knew nothing <laughs> and sylvester said i just caught his kind of amnesia so
0: <laughs> now before you came back in power the doctor there were plans to bring you back for the Sever jane smith adventures and there were storylines done for that were you aware of that at the time or now <laughs>
1: I wasn't aware of that at all at the time. The first I knew of it was... Um, it was when Benjamin Cook interviewed me for Doctor Who magazine. And um, he, we we went to a very nice restaurant in London. And just as we sat down, he said to me, Oh, um, by the way, Russell T. Davis says hello. And I said, Oh, great. And I knew that Benjamin Cook had read uh, written this book with Russell T. Davis called... A writer's tale which is um fabulous sort of bible of how to how to write for tv um it's a series of emails from one to the other isn't it over over a long time it's a really really great book so um benjamin had been emailing him and saying oh i'm meeting sophie Aldred tomorrow and he said um please thank her on my behalf for always promoting the show so brilliantly because she's such a great advocate for the show and by the way did you know she was going to be the next guest star in the sarah jane adventures because they were looking for the next person because the viewing figures always went up you know like with when katie was in it people wanted to see and nick courtney that's right Um, so he said let's have ace back Now, it was very, very fledgling ideas. And Benjamin said to me that the only real idea he'd come up with was... You'd see a sports car driving along Bannerman Road... And it would stop outside the house. You wouldn't see... You'd just see the door open... And this person in a a very smart suit and high-heeled shoes would be walking up towards the front door and then you would um, cut to Sarah Jane's point of view as she opens the front door and it's this, but in a very smart suit. (coughs) And he said, but don't worry because soon she'd be kicking off the high heels, getting her Doc Martens on and going to beat up some Daleks with a baseball bat.
0: I think that you can actually see the storyline. This is Doctor Who magazine that came out on the Sarah Jane Smith adventures, and they've got the storyline plotted in there, as you can find somewhere, in in my wardrobe somewhere. Um, Don't go to my wardrobe, not a good place to be. I, I keep all the stuff hidden for my wife so she doesn't know what I've got. Um, that's for the sake of my marriage. She's not here yet, so I can talk about my Doctor Who collection.
1: Um, I'm sure there's some uh, other people who are in the same situation, yeah? Nods going on there. How we,
0: how we save our relationships is just don't let them know. My, my, uh, my wife didn't know I was a big Doctor Who fan until after we got married because I'd successfully kept everything hidden the whole time we were going out engaged. And she moved in and out came my boxes of stuff and she went, where did this come from? It was just one of the things I kept hidden from. Gorgeous, love you, but no. Um, Ace had many journeys. Now, I mean, um, the, the TV journey wasn't really quite finished. Andrew Cartmell had a plan, which Big Finish later would finish off season 27. As such, in The Lost Adventures, um, Ace went on to have a huge novel in the novels and in terms of storyline, and one of our authors has written lots of Ace novels He's somewhere. Where are you, John? Hey, John! Good there to see you, mate. Is. John's at the back here, so take a low load of John. <laughs> yes. Um, so, John will talk a bit more about his novels, about the storyline that John gave Ace. Um, big finish, huge set of storylines, etc. Um, how many of these journeys are you aware of that fans have taken Ace on?
1: Well, I think possibly all of them because I'm told, you know, um, and people, it's great. I, I I love the idea that this seed is planted of Ace and then people have gone off with their imaginations and their ideas of Ace and they've gone off in all sorts of different directions and um, and created their own image of Ace. So we have the new adventures, the Virgin New Adventures, where Ace became this sort of gun-toting mercenary. Um, I think the comic strip, didn't she die? Yeah, they killed her well. off in the comic Yeah, strip. yeah. Um, and then... Um, she became
0: a Time Lord in that's another right, series because, of...
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, so...
0: And there's the Gallifrey series as well with Big Finish. There's the Adventure with Hex. I mean, so many journeys.
1: That's right. And then Rain as well, the the new companion, yeah. Um, So all these different timelines, and I hope in the novel that I did a little bit to explain why.
0: Okay, so which ones a canon? No, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a true journey. Um, Power the Doctor, what was it like going back to set and... What things have changed from original Doctor Who to New Doctor Who? Because there is a gap of thirty plus years. <laughs> <laughs> um, how how did things change from you know, your original two and a half year run to now?
1: Well, it was uh, it was an extraordinary experience. Um, the first day on set was the the scene in the art gallery, and so I was really on my own, and I hadn't I hadn't uh, Janet and I had talked a lot on the phone. Um, And we weren't quite sure what we were going to get either, because it took quite some time for the script to actually land on our, in our inboxes. Um, And so we'd been sort of saying, oh, you know, what's it going to be like? Because Chris had said in that initial Zoom, "Um, I'm not quite sure how much of the action I'll be able to give you because... He said, I've got Daleks, I've got Cybermen, the Master, another companion, and it's Jodie's last episode. So I thought, oh, I remember coming off that initial Zoom feeling slightly disappointed. You know, first of all, so excited. And then like, oh, we're just going to be, I'm just going to be a cameo. And I didn't know at the time it was Janet either, because um, uh, she hadn't kind of quite done the deal, da, da, da. So, um, it was all very, very unknown.
0: So, you knew there was going to be another companion, but you didn't know who? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, So, I was a bit disappointed. And then um, the very first thing that happened was that then Ray Holman, the costume designer, rang up and we talked about costume. And that's when I said, oh, I think I'd like to carry on from the trailer and the book where... Ace is wearing suits because she's the CEO of this company, and he said, "Yeah, I'd had that thought too." And so then I went down to Cardiff to try some suits, and um, and oh, and I'd said to Chris Chibnall, "Oh, by the way, I've still got Ace the Ace jacket in in my cupboard. Do you want it?" And his eyes went like very big. He said, "Yeah." So I popped the jacket into my shopping bag and took that down with me to Cardiff as well. This was all during COVID as well. So um, we were having to, you know, go masked and have these COVID tests on our doorstep and things by some poor driver who would drive for miles and miles. And then, you know, you can, would you like to come in for a cup of tea? No, no, not allowed. So they they were in full PPE. They had to test you on the doorstep then take the test to the lab and everything. It was all very, very brilliantly controlled. Um, So yeah, and then I got down to the um, costume department and Ray said, he said, well, you know, I tried on some suits and we decided on stuff. And, um, oh, there's a lot of good stories there. Gosh, there's so much to say. Um, And- uh, We have time. And I said, (laughs) okay. So I said, yeah, um, it's a shame in a way that I'm, apparently I'm not gonna be in it that much. <coughs> Sorry about the cough, by the way. And uh, Ray said, oh, really? He said, um, that's not the script I've seen. And I said, oh, really? Uh, I haven't seen a script yet. He said, yeah, he said, um, he said, what about the bit where you jump off the building and, the, and parachute down and the Cybermen <laughs> are shooting at you? So I thought, hey, things are looking up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, talking about the costume. um, So he'd got me the suit that I end up wearing. He'd actually ordered a different one, but it hadn't arrived in time. So we tried that on. And then I said something. I said, I'd quite like to, what about a bit of a twist on this suit? What if I tuck my socks in? Um, like Tintin you know I'd always fancied doing like Tintin another of my great heroes Um, and he said yeah sure Um, what sort of socks he said um, we can go and look for some for you if you like yeah okay so he sent his assistant off to find some socks and he came back with them he said oh these are Jodie's socks that she didn't want to wear she wears the stripy ones but these are just the straight blue ones I said, "Yeah, I think I could go with Jodie's socks. That's all right." So I ended up wearing Jodie's socks, which was specially knitted for her. Um, and then he'd—we talked about Doc Martens. Uh, I said, "Absolutely, we have to have Doc Martens." Um, so he'd found the one with the roses on on the side, and um, so I put put the whole thing together. It just was perfect. The blue shirt I loved, and it went with the socks. I mean, that was just completely accidental um he'd got me some other colors as well some sort of pastely colors but I just loved that blue shirt it was great and then um he had this he said what about um having some badges on the lapel I thought genius yes let's do that and he handed me a few of these badges uh one was the ace badge you know the forbidden planet one I said "Mm, I think that's a bit meta we won't have that but the other two were extraordinary. He'd chosen the trumpet and the quavers, which matched up my T-shirt from whichever story it was. And he had no idea. It was just purely accidental, that. It was amazing.
0: Where's that costume living now? Is it beside the jacket in the wardrobe?
1: Well, uh, I have the jacket back. that um, So that's, yeah, that's definitely my walk, old You didn't jacket. walk out
0: to Cardiff with the suit?
1: N- well... Funnily enough, with the suit, I had to have two two of those because the one they had to cut the sides to get the harness on for the um, for the bit where I am flying the the um, the parachute. Um, so the other one is still in Cardiff. Um, so, uh, but then there is another suit that did arrive by the time we fil- filmed the companion scene at the end, and he said, "Oh, by the way, do you want to you know do you want to wear the?" other suit you might as well it's been you know it's sort of it was made to fit me and or not made to fit me but it, it fit me um so I said yeah why not so and then that suit actually appeared in my trailer uh just as I was going home on the last day so I have got that suit
0: now we actually spoke together on the Science of audio podcast <laughs> after you'd filmed the power of the doctor and you didn't happen to mention anything um didn't i (laughs) sorry no that's okay We, we worked out the number of people we'd spoken to who'd all been in it and hadn't told us but that's okay we know how secret was it and how important is it to keep it secret do you think
1: it was so secret Um, I mean, we have to always, you sign NDAs for everything now, non-disclosure agreements, even if you do a a self-tape for something or, you know, like an audition, it's quite, it is a bit ridiculous, Um, you know, because like, yeah, I'm really going to go off and tell everybody that I'm doing blah, blah, blah. But for Doctor Who, I can completely understand. Um, And we were so, so proud of the fact that I'm very proud of the fact that the number of people who knew... <coughs> I mean, it's a massive crew. It's a massive um, amount of people who work on Doctor Who. Um, there was a little bit of a worry I had when we had our wrap party. I guess that must have been kind of second week of October 2022, was it? yeah. And somebody came up to me um, who might have had a little bit to drink and said... He said, oh, I'm a really good friend of so-and-so's who, I, who are f- sort of fan friends of mine. Um, yeah, he said, I've been telling them that you're going to be in it. I said, please don't. I said, don't tell them. It's really, really... Um, and in fact, it was a shame because th- my friend who kept it absolutely secret, she did say to me afterwards, yeah... He did tell me, and I did know. He said, but I didn't even tell you that I knew. Um, but she said, yeah, it was It was a... I wish I hadn't known, you know? And it's a bit like a magic trick, I think. You know? Everyone wants to know how that magic trick is done. And then when you find out, you go, oh. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a letdown. So I was so proud of people... Who knew and who didn't say anything until the trailer. And then it was just so exciting to see people finding out about it.
0: I assume your Twitter just exploded when the trailer came out?
1: It was funny. We were, I think I said in Doctor Who magazine, we were at my dad's for Easter. And my dad and my stepmom, I, could, I hadn't said anything. I hadn't even told our two sons. Um, they'd kind of maybe. Uh, And my oldest said, um, he doesn't live at home, but he said, he said, "Um, Mum, he said, "Uh, you keep going to Cardiff, he said. "Um, Wonder what they film in Cardiff. And I was desperate to tell them. I said, do you want to know? He said, no, 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 don't tell me. And then the youngest one, one day, he rang me up and he said, Mum, why is your ace jacket not in the cupboard anymore? (laughs) So they kind of knew, but they didn't want to know. <coughs> and um, so we were all of us up in, uh, at my dad's house in Norfolk. And um, I would said to my stepmom, is it OK if we have the meal a bit early? Because they're showing a trailer for this thing that I've done. And I really want to see it go out live. And my stepmom, bless her, I mean, she kind of, you know, she, she didn't, she doesn't know about doctor who really and how huge it is and um she didn't she didn't know it was doctor who but she said yeah yeah sure 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 so we uh we kind of finished the first bit of the meal and then i said look um i've got to watch this trailer um so we all trooped upstairs to where they have their tv and we all sat around and turned the telly on and there's uh there's that final scene from the sea devils and and then suddenly there's this trailer, you know, and it's what? 30 seconds? It might be less. It's, no, no, it's long. Is it 30 seconds? Yeah. 30 seconds, there's some glimpses of me, and then suddenly it's over, and there's complete silence. And, uh, and my stepmom says, Is that it? <laughs> and I said, Yeah. She said, Pudding anyone? and we and at that moment i mean my twitter is just going completely bonkers uh i'd already had in the first sort of five minutes i think at least 500 tweets and people saying they're screaming and they're fainting and they're you know and janet's going is your twitter going crazy and and then over the course of the next sort of hour where we went and had pudding um uh my set mum gradually she said so what's what is this she didn't you know doesn't know what Twitter is what is it and I said well it's where people can you know they can say what's going on and da, da, da. and she said do you have to reply to all of them and I said no luckily not but you know I just have to have a bit of a presence on there so you know it's just fascinating and I mean, it was crazy. And then by the next morning, they got really excited then, my dad and my stepmom They were going, oh, can we see who's, you know, because they had no idea. They'd never seen sort of social media in action in that way before. Um, and the next morning, um, I think we were news item number three. Uh, they turned the TV on and it said um, the war in Ukraine, sadly, and then... Boris and Partygate and all that palaver going on and then uh, Janet Fielding and Sophie Aldred back in Doctor Who number three on the BBC website and so they and their friends were ringing and they suddenly went oh this must be really important
0: equal to a European war well done <laughs> yeah. um, so you and Janet you managed to film for weeks travelling to and from Cardiff keep it secret for months and months and yet all the doctors turn up for dinner together and have photos <laughs>
1: honestly Janet was great we wore these um, dry coats you know that surfers wear so these long coats um, we had um, our masks on we, um, Janet wore her sunglasses she looked like a little character out of South Park it was great <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: she didn't mention that to us
1: <laughs> didn't she oh I wonder why not yeah we'd and we were being smuggled into buildings you know with the with the, the that first scene i did in the art gallery i mean i drove up at you know like this with my mask on and everything they brought the golf umbrella round to the car you know i had to go in like this and then they got me into the art gallery and yeah and then the blooming doctors honestly can't take them anywhere yeah. Oh, yes, can we have a photo taken, please? And then it goes on Twitter, honestly.
0: So with your scene with Sylvester, were you actually with him or was that filmed? How was that filmed?
1: Um, so the way that was filmed, I had a dream about it last night. I've just remembered. Oh, that's funny. I was back in the... Dreaming about Sylvester. ...caves. Uh-huh. <laughs> <coughs> no, it was about the caves, being down in the caves. Um, yeah, it was this really... Beautiful, um, sort of stal- mighty stalactite caves in the middle of the Brecon Beacons in Wales, um, and he wasn't there. There was um, Barnaby Edwards was there, and some of the some of the Cybermen, I think, um, and um, Jamie. Uh, what had happened was Jamie, who's the director, who was absolutely lovely. Janet probably talked about him. Um, He'd had to really suddenly find this new, whole new place for the Daleks to be doing their drilling because all that stuff was meant to be on an oil rig. The Daleks were meant to be on oil rigs all over the world. Um, and then, at the pretty much the very last minute, the, apparently the oil company had suddenly said, "Um, by the way, what's this about filming on our oil rigs with Daleks? You can't do that, you know. I think the Welsh people had just gone, oh, yes, oh, you come and film on our oil rig. And then the Americans had gone, what? You can't do that. So he'd had to suddenly find this new location, which was brilliant. It was a fantastic location as well. Um, And... um, The place that he'd found for me to do my part of the scene was up this sort of rocky outcrop in a kind of little kind of sort of cavey bit. And it was tiny. And I was having to lean against the wall, pretty much. And the camera was about here. But it was somehow really nice. I, I like. I like it when the camera is 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 really... There's a scene in Ghostlight where that happens as well, where it's a very intense scene and the camera's right close. I really, really like that. Um, and then I'd also worked out that they... Um, what they did was, if the person wasn't with you, they got the first AD to read in the lines. And with the best will in the world, the first ADs are not actors... And uh, they also have Welsh accents in Cardiff, which is, I mean, lovely, but not, not quite the same as Sylvester.
0: Better or worse <laughs> than the Scottish accent?
1: Um, well, yes,
0: true. No comment.
1: <laughs> but um, I said to the director, could I ask Barnaby if he could read in the lines for me? Because Barnaby is a fantastic actor and, um, and a lovely guy. And Jamie said, "Yeah, great idea." So there was me. Barnaby was sort of sitting on the next rock, and I was in the, and it was, and there's the cameraman. And it was just a very sort of intimate moment. And the rest of the crew were kind of off down the bottom of the rocks. Um, so I really enjoyed filming that scene. It, I, I felt like I could be very, very concentrated, and and really, what was in my mind, of course, was the old days and. Uh, you know it was very nostalgic to do that um and jamie was very very happy with it and then that kind of i think gave them the idea that it would be a good idea for actors to read in lines because it gives you a bit more to work with um so then i uh, somebody rang me and said would you mind coming down i think it would really help if you came and read the lines in for sylvester Yep, absolutely. So, um that morning, uh we did the scene in the studio on a green screen and he was in his costume and it was just so lovely to be able to be opposite him. Um and he for him he said it was really lovely. It was a, though all those years just sort of rolled away. Um I was in my coat and my hat, but anyway, he was in his um he was in his gear. And we also noticed that there were a lot of people crowding around the monitor as well that day, including Chris Chibnall, who'd come up for the day, which was really lovely. Um, And we did the scene a few times. (coughs) And then they said, oh, that's, you know, that's a a wrap for you, Sophie. See you in a couple of days to do the parachuty bit. Um, And I got outside to my trailer and I saw Colin... Um, putting his robes on and then Sylvester came out to put his on and David Bradley was there as well and I thought oh no I can't go back to London now the party's just starting (laughs) so I said to somebody would you mind if I hung around and, and watched a bit they said no of course not come back in so I went back in and I was sort of hovering around and there they all were and the ro- I, that was the first time I'd seen the robes. I just thought they were... Ma- the first time I saw them, actually, was uh, Sylvester was just sitting in his trailer in his robes. I thought, yes, this is exactly what they would be wearing now. Um, and it, I just stayed the whole day. It was fantastic. It was like the most brilliant Doctor Who convention. There was, you know, <laughs> um, all those doctors there. And then Jamie came over to me and he said... Um, uh, actually, Sophie said, would you mind reading in all the Doctor's lines? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, during the course of that day, I played all the Doctors. Um, Jodie came along and I I did the lines because um, it was on a big platform. Um, the, there was the telegraph pole and there was a rock and there was a bit of scenery, probably about as big as this stage, but the rest of it obviously is all done afterwards. And it was, a, it was amazing to see how that was done. Um, but yeah, they all took it in turns to sit on their rock, you know. And, and I read the lines in or I'd be down with Colin or with one of the other doctors reading the lines in. It was, it was a wonderful, wonderful day. And Jodie was absolutely thrilled that she was meeting all these doctors as well. It was, it was lovely. Very nice day. What was
0: Jodie like to work with?
1: it was quite funny because one of the, (coughs) sorry, one of the words she uses quite a lot is ace. Oh, it's ace, she goes. (laughs) So it's quite funny. She's like, oh, I mean, just a bundle of energy. She came bounding onto the set, you know, like, oh, so great to meet you. Oh, it's it's lovely to have you here. And she's always making everybody laugh and... um, having being very rude to the crew and having a lot of banter and oh it it was just lovely to work with her um so appreciative and so kind of um fun and and then it was quite funny because then we janet and i went to the um screening we had this press screening in london um just before it came out on tv with with all the journalists and stuff And everybody was there and we were just standing there and Jodie came bounding up to us and said, hello, it's so lovely to see you. Oh, it's great. And she said, I just, I have to say, I'm so sorry. I was so... I was so subdued uh, uh, when we were filming. She said, I, I, because, um, you know, I, I was pregnant. I was three months pregnant and I couldn't tell anyone. I was feeling so bad. I, w- I didn't have the... I thought, crikey, if that's her subdued, then <laughs> <what?"> <laughs> <clears throat> But she is... She's got... It's funny. There's a sort of similarity in a funny way with Sylvester you know kind of physical and very warm and very fun and you know all these doctors they do pick them well they're all mad as frogs